Thanks for joining me on the On Call Empath. I'm your host, Raj Mantaj. Due to a popular episode with Dr. Katie Larson, I decided to make a part two in this series. This episode is geared for highly sensitive people. Dr. Katie Larson is a growth and transformational expert, and she deals with highly sensitive people. We go over overstimulation, loneliness, healthy boundaries, and even talk about Star Wars. You definitely don't want to miss this episode if you're a highly sensitive person. Let's get started. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. You're listening to the On Call Empath Show. Welcome to another episode of the On Call Empath. I'm your host, Raj Mantaj. Today, we have a follow-up episode from part one of the Highly Sensitive People. Um, This episode is specifically for if you do know you're a highly sensitive person. Um, Now, if you're still on the fences, I would definitely highly check out the part one with um, Dr. Katie Larson. Um, She is a growth and transformational expert that deals with highly sensitive people. We had such a good turnout in the beginning. I wanted her back on the show due to popular demand. I'm excited to have you, Katie. How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm great, Raj. Thanks so much for having me. It's good to be back. (laughs) Good, good. So um, going back, I mean, we're going in part two um, where if the highly sensitive person that knows they are exactly that and they're not crazy from anything else... (laughs) Why is this episode, do you think, going to be relevant? Yeah, because I think for so many of us, once we have this label of being highly sensitive, it just changes our life. And I've noticed for both clients and friends and family members, like just having the simple label, it alleviates a lot of anxieties and worries that you've had about yourself for your whole life of, am I normal? Like no matter how much self-esteem that we have or how much self-compassion or confidence we have, we all secretly want to know like, am I normal? You know, like, is this right? Am I normal? But once we have this label, suddenly things that we did not um, connect because the highly sensitive person's traits can feel like they're all over the place. Um, if you go back to the first episode, you'll listen to the acronym DOES. And those those traits can feel so disconnected, but actually they're quite connected and it suddenly makes your life make so much more sense. Yes, that is true. And um so, I mean, I just want to ask you, I mean, there there are many of us who've come to the realization later in life, especially myself, that, you know, we're, we're sensitive. Like, so how, how can we, like, take this simple label um, and make it, like, so life-changing? Yeah, I reckon it to, let's say you have a highly sensitive child, all right, and they don't know they're highly sensitive, but their parent does. 
There's a huge difference between a highly sensitive child who has a parent who understands their sensitivity and a parent who doesn't. So a highly sensitive child that doesn't understand that they're sensitive and their parent doesn't understand that they're sensitive is more likely to act out because they don't have the vocabulary, they don't have the tools, they don't have the, you know, the resources to understand that they need more breaks from being overstimulated. Okay, that's a child. Now, like allow that child to grow up in your imagination. And when you're a highly sensitive adult and you don't know it, you're also going to be more likely to act out, not have the vocabulary to describe yourself, not have the tools or resources to offer yourself to to give yourself more breaks and rest. So in a sense, the label is a way to reparent yourself and to understand your special and unique needs and your special and unique powers because you have these unique needs because you have certain challenges, which we talked about in the first one, but you also have special powers. And if you don't understand this description of yourself as a highly sensitive person, you can be likely to misdiagnose yourself as maybe, you know, something as simple as, oh, I always thought I was an introvert because being out in the world um, overwhelms me, but I love people. So I don't know if I'm an extrovert or an introvert, but really maybe you're an extrovert who's highly sensitive and needs time away from people, right? It can be as simple as just, you know, understanding that, or it can be as complex as a misdiagnosis of say being bipolar because highly sensitive people feel the world very strongly and we feel the emotions around us and the zeitgeist, the collective energy. So sometimes we can have anxiety and depression um, that really is, is the world's. And so understanding yourself as having the sensitive um, demeanor can actually avoid a lot of um, misdiagnoses and and. Uh, not accurate descriptions of who you are from others um, wow. in your life journey. Now, I mean, I know you mentioned earlier that sometimes being an, uh, born a uh, highly sensitive person and not knowing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really think that so many of our sensitive or highly sensitive people were born with this gift to sense invisible energies around us like moods or you know I live in Asia so like um some of us can sense like feng shui like we call them dragon lines here in Hong Kong but like you know when there's good energy in a room or good energy in a place and these things are gifts that we're born with but if we describe them to someone that isn't born with these same gifts they can often try to convince us that what we're sensing is false, right? So it's like being born with sight and then having a blind person tell you, no, what you're seeing is imagination, right? And so actually a lot of our highly sensitive people, and I think a lot of your listeners now will say, I was born with certain gifts. I remember having them as a kid, but my family or my parents or my teachers, they convinced me I was crazy. And so then I've kind of have a teenage years or even even now into adulthood that I, I repressed these gifts and I didn't use them. And it's it's really unfortunate because really when we talked earlier about the label, um, I think for a lot of my clients, they recognizing this label of being highly sensitive, it is akin to taking off the blindfold 
right? Like you, you were born with sight, but you put on a blindfold in order to fit in with the rest of the world. And then it's like taking off the blindfold. And, you know, I have to say, um, this might come up later in the interview, but if you remember from the first episode, um, being highly sensitive is 50% men and 50% women. So it's like evenly distributed, but you know, there is a reason that a lot of highly sensitives like resonate so strongly with Star Wars and, and just hear me out because it is like we we not only you know have a strong distaste for the empire because we understand like the empire's you know malintent but we are the jedi we we are the visionaries and we we recognize we have these skills we have the ability to re- feel the force and a lot of our you know um best gifts and best skills are when we're training to be Jedis. It's when we're using our force and using our, our gifts, um, in a way that helps us and doesn't hurt us because when we don't know our gifts and we don't know our, our powers, um, they can frazzle us quite a bit, but you know, sometimes you just need a Yoda, you know, to like teach you that you have these skills and, and you can do things with them. I love that analogy. I'm a Star Wars fan, so um but I've had I've had um you know highly sensitive people after they watched the part 1 and they you know they reached out and they're like, "Oh my gosh, I didn't know like I all these years I was like blind and I had these blinders on and so I understand what you're saying. So once we take that in and we accept that as highly sensitive person, let's say once uh, somebody finds out they're a highly sensitive person. What tends to be the journey they take to integrate that, this information? Right. I love that you use the word journey because that is actually what I'm writing my book on right now. It's called the sensitive journey. And, you know, back to Star Wars, Star Wars is based on the hero's journey. And so this is just a, a way that as an adult, we understand ourselves using this um, description. So after we recognize that we're highly sensitive, what I'm learning that we tend to do is we we reframe our childhood, we reframe our early adulthood, where we start to look at everything through the lens of being highly sensitive. And we can talk more about that because I have a lot of stories about that myself. But after we reframe our childhood and say, wow, I was actually normal. I was just overstimulated or whatever. We tend to then like retool our lives. We start to figure out which tools we actually need. We know we we need maybe better boundaries with our family members family members, or we need um, better self-care practices, but we, we retool, right? We start to figure out, okay, um, this is who I am. So like, what do I need to do differently? And then after we retool, we start to like reimagine our life as um, a highly sensitive person instead of somebody that has these cluster of traits that have kind of annoyed us at different points and then amazed us at other points, we start to now like reimagine who we are. And what I have found with my clients and then the people I've been researching and interviewing for this book is we really tend to embrace and live our best life when we embody the archetypes of the highly sensitive person. And what I mean by that is like, we've had names 
in history as the sensitives. Like we're the visionaries of a culture. We're the healers. We're the storytellers, the creatives. You know, we are these archetypes that are very vital in our culture. And once we start to reimagine ourselves as these archetypes and really embody them, our life gets easier and we find ourselves more purpose-driven, like kind of probably what you're doing with this podcast. Like we're the creatives, you know, and like once you had a creative outlet, like everything starts to fall in line, right? And so I really highly recommend if you're somebody who has already decided I am highly sensitive, just embodying those bigger archetypes and finding out how, how are you a healer in your life? Maybe you're not like a doctor, you know, but maybe at home, you're the one who is the health keeper for your family. And then the last thing that um, highly sensitive people tend to do on their journey of thriving is like, they reap the rewards of being sensitive, like where, you know, what was perhaps really frustrating for you before you start to look at it from a different perspective and you start and start to use it in ways that will help you instead of hurt you. So like for me, like I, I am the sense sensitive, meaning like all of my sense senses are heightened. So like noises are really annoying and smells are really annoying, but pleasant noises are wonderful for me. And so like going out and listening to a running river, like that is orgasmic to me, you know? So like making sure I have enough of those things in my life um, really has helped me to reap the rewards of the high sensitivity. Well, thank you for sharing that. Um, first of all, congratulations on your book. I really am excited to hopefully get a copy of it <laughs> um, and read it. Yeah, yeah, I'm still doing interviews. So perhaps I uh, perhaps listeners that are are listening in, in in this journey reach out because I'm still um formulating some models. So I love to interview people for this. Awesome. Yeah, I'm I'm happy for you on that. Um now you I mean, I know you're the expert in HSP and um I want to switch gears here and just talk about you for a second. Um can you give us like some of your own stories of, you know, how, like maybe like how you have reframed your past that allows you, uh, your sense of nature to make more sense. Yeah, totally. Like I have so many stories and it's funny because when I was in that stage of reframing, I feel like my whole day would just be taken up by daydreaming of like, Oh my God, that explains this. Oh my God, that explains this. Like, for example, I was a very, extroverted child. I'm um, one of the 30% of highly sensitive people who are extroverts. So 70% are introverts, 30% are extroverts. And I'm an extroverted HSP. But, you know, as a child, I would get just crazy anxiety during and after social events, after like 15 to 20 minutes in. So like, you know, holiday parties or like school events, like I would be really excited to attend but then halfway through, I would just be like done. And I would be like having a lot of, of nervousness and anxiety and wanting to leave. And now I recognize that as I was overstimulated, like especially like school carnivals and, and like um, assemblies, I would get overstimulated by the lights, the noise, the amount of people. But I would not know that until now reframing it. And I think perhaps one of the best reframings that I've, I've realized um, recently is when I was in my 20s, I was, well, I guess I was 18, 19, 20. I was in university 
And I was in a post 9-11 university, right? So 9-11 happened when I was a freshman in college. And that was just constantly on the news. And as a highly sensitive person, you know, even if you're not necessarily watching the news, you're kind of just picking up on the collective like energy. And so that was, you know, a collective trauma that had happened that was being replayed and people had a collective anxiety. So I experienced my first panic attacks around 18. It was a post 9-11 time. But not only that, it was when I was beginning to go out in the world as a college kid and party. And what happens at parties? You have loud music, you have drinking, you have a lot of people, you know, um, and those combinations of, you know, collective anxiety that I'm picking up on and sensing constantly combined with, you know, all of this stimulation at parties and things like that, it was leading to panic attacks. But remember, this is me reframing it. I was having panic attacks because I was overstimulated and I was sensitive to my environment. But at the time I was diagnosed with um, social anxiety disorder because when I went to the doctor to describe what was happening, they, you know, put two and two together, figured, oh, she's at parties when this is happening. Clearly it's social anxiety. But looking back now, you know, it wasn't the parties. It wasn't the people that was giving me this anxiety. It was just the collected experience of being so sensitive to my environment. And so, you know, I was misdiagnosed with that. And, and looking back now, Perhaps if I had known I was highly sensitive, I would have known how to take care of myself better, right? Like I would have left parties earlier. I wouldn't have consumed so much alcohol. And a lot of highly sensitives, like we consume a lot of drugs, both uppers and downers for the, the reasons that you think. Like we consume downers like alcohol to calm our nervous system down, like to, to numb our oversensitivity. And then uppers to like heighten our arousal because it feels really good to have um, sensitivity to the world and to like feel the world really strongly, right? And so we can be more likely to have addictions because we are playing with our sensitivities and we're trying to self-medicate one way or the other. And so again, just reframing, looking back at like, oh, wow, actually, I think I was just exhibiting my sensitivities or like I travel a lot and I love traveling, but I get sick in every single place I go to because by like day three, I'm overstimulated by the lights, the sounds, the smells, you know, this kind of a thing. And I used to think that I had a weak stomach and it's like, maybe I do, but I also think that's just my body's way of saying, whoa, 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 enough with the stimulation, like go rest. We need a little break now and then. So these are just things that actually help us figure out how to retool or get better, you know, boundaries and better um, resources to help ourselves. All these years, I'm like, okay, wh why am I feeling this? Why am I, why am I getting overstimulated all of a sudden? And there's no danger. There's nothing around. And once I embrace the fact that I am a HSP, um, it started to make sense. Now I know that I need my sleep. I know I have to stay away from stimulants and alcohol, but that's just how I am. That's, and I would have never known all this um, until I actually said, okay, I'm a HSP and um, there's nothing wrong with it. You know, you don't have to say you're crazy or 
or ashamed of it, but that's just how I am, you know, so, but you did mention also some resources. So I want to touch on that a little bit. What, what are some good resources, tips, tools that, um, you know, you can kind of give HSPs that are listening out there, you know, to going forward? Yeah, I think really reframing yourself as having these gifts and these needs, right? And one of the gifts that we have is we're able to really connect on a deep level with people. And really, we're empaths, so really connect on an emotional level. But as a result of that, we often don't know how to turn that off, right? So a lot of highly sensitives are walking around with like the baggage and the weight of people's energies. And so one of the tools that's important for highly sensitives to develop, and everyone will be different, is a way to allow that energy to leave you. So this can be anything from visualizations, meditations, mantras, physical exercise, like running or yoga or stretching or like shaking, but doing some kind of ritual to get rid of the energy that you've picked up during the day is vital. And that can be different, right? So just trust your instincts on what you need. Personally, lately, I've been running. I hate running, but it really works. So just now trust yourself to get rid of that energy. And another thing that we mentioned several times in this interview is we get really overstimulated easily. And that's okay because we love stimulation to a degree, but then it just turns itself off. Like after a, a while, our, our nervous system wants out. It wants out of there. So trust your nervous system, right? Trust your nervous system. If you are in a situation like work or traveling or whatever, where it's difficult for you to leave completely, give yourself plenty of breaks, like allow yourself time, you know, to like walk around the office or leave the office and get out in nature or Give yourself time for absolutely nothing. Or if you work from home, it's okay to take a siesta, you know, take a nap, like get into a, a, a pattern or a routine that allows plenty of rest because otherwise our nervous systems will get, it's like running a car and never turning it off, right? Like you need to turn off your car in order not to run out of gas. And Another complaint that a lot of highly sensitives feel is because we're only 20% of the population, you know, we feel lonely. It's a very lonely journey for many sensitive people. And so finding the others is vital, which is why your podcast is so great. Like you have invited others to find the others, right? So, you know, there's plenty of, plenty of Facebook, Facebook groups out there for empaths and sensitives and, you know, INFJs and introverts and, you know, allowing yourself to find either a digital group, a digital uh, mentor, like a book or a podcast, or just maybe one other person and really connecting with them will make your journey, you know, it's your Yoda, right? Like it will make your journey more, um, social and that will make you feel normal, but also give you a lot of support. And then I think the last thing that I really strongly recommend is allowing yourself to communicate your needs, really communicate your needs. And so the first step of communicating your needs is knowing them, right? So allowing yourself to know what you need in order to thrive, but then communicating them by the following sentence. 
I need X because it helps me Y. Always know how it helps you. Like, so for me, like I need space in the morning because it helps me be a better mother. And it's like, I need to communicate that often to my family members so they know to leave mommy alone. And it sounds a little bit crazy at first to be so forthright in your needs, but you're actually modeling boundaries to your friends and family. When you use that sentence, I need X because it gives me Y, it helps me Y, because you can't argue that. And these are things that, you know, we all need a little bit of help with, regardless if you're sensitive or not. So let's say like somebody listens to the first episode or the part one, you know, they weren't sure they took the test and they found out they were like, you know, pretty high on the scale that you talked about. Um, and they tune into this episode and they're like, yep, that's me. These are great, you know, things I can use in everyday life. What do we, what comes next after that? So we are at HSP. Then how do we, I guess, how do we move on and just, uh, kind of live a life where do we have to surround ourselves with more HSPs and just get rid of all the other people or how does that work? (laughs) Yeah. Self-compassion is key. That's something that I didn't talk enough about in this, in this interview, but I think when we go through this journey of realizing that we're sensitive, it's really tempting sometimes to judge ourselves of like, why can't I just be blind like everyone else, right? Like, why can't I just be normal like everyone else? But recognizing you are normal in the 20% of the people that you are a part of, you're normal. So when you find the others, it makes you allow more self-compassion in because you recognize you're not alone, And the self-compassion part is just like loving yourself 100% authentically and unconditionally through this journey. Um, Because once you love yourself, you also model that for others to love themselves. So uh, just one question I have, um, and I think maybe for the listeners also, a lot of uh, the listeners are maybe coming from a traumatic background or they live with maybe a spouse or a you know, um, a sibling or somebody they care about and they have no support whatsoever and it triggers their, their sensitivities and their boundaries get overcrossed all the time. Can somebody really, um, go on their journey living with somebody who, or being surrounded by people that just reject your HSP? Hmm. It makes it difficult, doesn't it? And I think it's important. I think it's important to say that aloud of there will be more difficult journeys than others. And I don't want to sugarcoat it and say, you just need to try harder. You just need to learn meditation because those aren't necessarily going to work for everyone. Some of our strongest um, tools and skills that we need in our lives as sensitive people is being able to know who to say goodbye to. And I think that is something that can be very difficult for some of us because they are family members or maybe, you know, finances are difficult and it's not plausible to escape yet. But what is important to recognize as a sensitive person is that until you can really, really finely tune your ability to allow, not not allow their energies to permeate you, 
sometimes the best solution is to escape, is to leave, and is to create a life where you feel supported and you feel loved and you are, you know, your, your best self. And going back to the journey, you know, all heroes leave their community at some point in the journey, right? They all leave, some return, but they all leave to find out who they are and the special skills that they have and what they have to offer the world. And so just like that, sensitive people, we often need that. We need to know who we are out in the world. And that's okay. And that's okay. I mean, just the reason I brought that up is because right now with the pandemic, you can't leave even even if you wanted to, like if you're stuck like in your house and you were living with people that just don't understand what a HSP is. I know that I've talked to some people where, you know, they start talking about what you're saying and they start laughing or they're just saying that it's just craziness. My own family says, is that even a thing? Right. Like they, they even, I'm like, there's, there's hundreds of books on this. Like I'm literally writing a book on this myself. And they're like, is that even a thing? I think you're just making that up. And remember like these people are also the ones that weren't born with sight. Right. And so you can often feel crazy, but yes, it is, um, it is an uphill battle, an upstream swim for many sensitives. And so for many of us that it can feel like a lot, like a group of challenges, like a cluster of challenges when we recognize that we're highly sensitive. But what I'd like to offer is the perspective of, yeah, it's, it is a group of challenges, but allowing those challenges to be your montage scene and to recognize how are you going to take those challenges and reframe them in order to thrive, because it's possible. There are many of us out there who are thriving and we have created lives where maybe not every single moment of the day we are thriving, but we have created lives that have allowed us to really shine and not only shine, but share, share this journey. And all of our journeys are different, but the more that we embrace them, the more we are um, finding the others and, and it's not so lonely. And that's a key right there. You know, it's like, I I try to find my tribe. That's why I made this podcast. It's like, not everybody's going to get me. Not everyone's going to tune in. And I'm okay with that. I'm not looking to get, you know, the most of the population. I know 20%. If I can get a little piece of the HSP from there that do have a place, a common place to come to, um, that would be amazing just to have that group and have your back educating yourself allows you to educate others, including who you thought might've been an expert, right? Like I have a neurologist when I said, Oh, I'm a highly sensitive person. He said, what? I'm like, it's a neurological thing, doctor. How do you not know about this? (laughs) So sometimes now you become the expert, right? Like once you, uh, and there are plenty of books, you know, eventually my book will be out there. But until then, Dr. Elaine Aaron is the, you know, premier researcher in this. She has about four or five books from all different perspectives and, you know, just pop on Amazon or, you know, book depository. And there's plenty, plenty of books about, being an empath, being highly sensitive, just being sensitive in general. Um, find a book, find more podcasts, like you're not alone. Yes. And nobody knows you better than you. So just keep that in mind. I've uh, A lot of people have been telling me that because not everyone's going to understand why you're going through what you're going through, but just know like 
if you're an HSP, there are people out there just like you. So if you're listening, you're not crazy. <laughs> wow. So thank you so much. It's always a pleasure to have you on this podcast. Um, and good luck on your book. I'm really excited uh, when it comes out. I'd love to read it myself. Um, is there anything else you want to touch on or? No, not, not. I think that this is, uh, again, if somebody's still on the fence, like I'm highly sensitive, there's a quiz on my website. There's a quiz on Dr. Elaine Aaron's website. And I also have a free tool on my website, growthquest.com. That is about 10 pages um, of different tools in your toolkit that an HSP could use. So feel free to hop on over there and get some freebies. I hope you come back and you guys just uh, keep your eyes out open for uh, maybe another episode. Who knows? Yeah, I would love to. I would love to, Raj. Thank you for having me again. All right. So that does it for this episode. If you can please uh, go to Apple iTunes, give a review. It definitely helps me out in this uh, podcast. Stay tuned for the next episode and we are out. You're listening to the On Call Impact.